Jesus's second sign in Cana. Good morning, Christian America. The royal official comes to Jesus in the passage that we're going to talk about today in the gospel of John in chapter four, and he asked Jesus to heal his deathly ill son. Jesus says some profound things as always. Let's listen to what he says. Let's read what he says and then incorporate it in our lives. Get ready to get into the word of God this Monday. Turn your Bibles to the gospel of John chapter four. We're going to start at verse 43 today. Good morning, Christian America. And good morning, Christian America. Eddie here is always representing the Christian American revitalization effort where we seek to revitalize the Christian faith across our nation. It's so important. It's the most important thing that we can do today. It's the most important thing we can do for ourselves, for our family, for our community and our country. Turning our lives and dedicating ourselves back to good principles, biblical principles, the foundation that Jesus established, having faith undying, unwavering, and unapologetic faith in our Lord and Savior, and then living out that life so that your family can see and take refuge in his love, so that your community can recognize him inside you and inside your life, so that our country can build bonds of friendship and love as Jesus requires of us when he tells us to love one another. It's so important in, today, in, in today's age. And so we do a few things here on this podcast that we hope um, will inspire, will inform, and will educate you in the scripture and encourage you and inspire you to go out and live it. And one of those things we do is what we're going to do today is we're going to uh, read verbatim in order the gospels. Um, this uh, Today we're on uh, chapter four of the gospel written by John the Beloved, John the Witness, John at the cross, who was there with Jesus. Um, and we do that so that you can hear the gospel for yourself. You can see uh, what is written. You can read it yourself, and then we can understand or we can break down what Jesus said or the lesson that God has for us that he's revealed to us in this most sacred scripture so that we can live our lives right and most importantly, that we will not be fooled by those who would like to take bits and pieces of the gospel and twist them and make them sound uh, something different than what Jesus actually says. And so, friends, I'd ask you to grab your Bibles, turn to the Gospel of John, chapter 4. We're going to start today at verse 43. If you followed us last, uh, actually two weeks ago, because we were off last week, you would realize that Jesus just had the encounter with the woman at the well from Samaria, and he converted, based on his works and his deeds and his words, he converted the people of Samaria uh, to believers of him. And this is where the gospel picks up. Verse 43 says, after two days, he left there for Galilee, for Jesus himself testified that a prophet has no honor in his native place when he came to Galilee. The Galileans welcomed him since they had seen all that he had done in Jerusalem at the feast, for they themselves had gone to the feast. The second sign at Cana. Then he returned to Cana in Galilee where he had made the water wine. Now there was a royal official whose son was ill in Capernaum. 
when he heard that Jesus had arrived in Galilee from Judea, he went to him and asked him to come down and heal his son who was near death. Jesus said to him, unless you people see signs and wonders, you will not believe. The royal official said to him, sir, come down before my child dies. And Jesus said to him, you may go. Your son will live. The man believed what Jesus said to him and left. While he was on his way back, his slaves met him and told him that his boy would live. He asked them when he began to recover, and they told him the fever left him yesterday about one in the afternoon. The father realized that just at the time Jesus had said to him, your son will live, and he and his whole household came to believe. Now, this was the second sign Jesus did when he came to Galilee from Judea. Friends, there's a stark lesson here. In John's gospel, actually, there's two stark lessons here in this passage. In John's gospel, when he references Jesus going to his hometown, and he says that even Jesus uh, said that a prophet is not without honor except um, or has no honor uh, in his native place. That's a reference that we see in other gospels where Jesus goes back home and essentially is rebuked. He's kind of mocked by the people that knew him best. And we can fall into that trap sometimes when we return home to see some of the people who knew us when we were at our lowest place, when we were at our most uh, distressed place, as when we were at our most frustrated place, when we are at our most unbelieving place place, when we were desolate, when we were rude, when we were mean, when we were mad, when we had gone through struggles and we were struggling with our lives and, and people who knew us and maybe they knew our parents and maybe they knew our grandparents and they recognized you like they recognized Jesus when they mocked him at home. When he said, isn't this, who is this person that says all these things that we hear that's doing all of these good things? Is this not the carpenter's son? Is this not the one that we know? Um, and they, and they kind of dismiss him. We can be dismissed in that same vein. It's difficult for people to get past who they know us to be from previous times. It's very simple for people to look on one another and only see the worst in those people. That's why we find ourselves, that's one of the reasons why we find ourselves in our country right now, so divided and so distressed because we are taking uh, what we see, the, the worst of what we see, and painting that, that worst picture possible with large groups of people who maybe we don't necessarily agree with uh, on everything. And, and instead of uh, meeting them where they are and having conversations in a loving manner with truth and love when we speak to one another, instead, we are, we are focusing in on the, the, the worst of others. And if we're painted as uh, who we are, as a, as a reflection of the worst things that we've done, then no one can stand up the test of time. That's why scripture tells us that we're all sinners, that we are all sinners. But that doesn't give us carte blanche to continue in our wayward directions, but also it, it's to encourage us that Jesus uh, uh, has ultimate grace on us everlasting love for us, that we can always come back and not to let the naysayers, the people who are ignorant of who you are today, and we all who are ignorant of who you can become if we follow God's word. 
going further down this passage, when Jesus goes back to uh, goes back to Cana and this royal official. So first of all, it's notable that that scripture recognizes that this is a, what they call a royal official, someone of uh, prestige, someone uh, of earthly honor, someone who is in charge of things, someone who is has leadership of some role in the community. He is designated as royal and he comes to who? He comes to Jesus. The earthly official, one with, with, with uh, honor in the community, one with position in society, recognizes that there is a greater authority that he should adhere to. He recognizes that in Jesus, one who is of ordinary, as far as they're concerned, uh, from ordinary humble beginnings, but is God, this royal official, comes down and pays homage, has belief in Jesus that if he asked that Jesus would make happen, he's begging him, he asked him two times, sir, please come down and heal my son, because you can do it. I believe that you can do it. Wouldn't it be nice in our society if those who had position, if those who had earthly authority, those in our uh, political offices, recognize that there is a higher authority that we must, that they should, and we all must adhere to, that we should bend our knees and turn our faces towards Jesus so that Jesus too, and have faith in him so that he too can heal us, so that he can heal our children. There's been a lot, a lot made of our schools over the past 12 months, 18 months since COVID. And there's been a lot of uh, angst among in our society about what's happening uh, with our children, with young children, specifically in schools, but not only in schools. And so our children need to be healed. This man is taking the position that we should be taking. We should be getting on our knees and looking at Jesus in his face and having faith that if he wills it, if we turn our lives over to him, if we adhere to his word, if we have faith in what he can do, if we accept him into our lives, that he would heal our children, like your, your children and the children of your neighbors and the children in their schools and the children in their daycare, and the future generations, because that's what we live for. We live to pass on the word of God. We live to pass on goodness and morals and values and principles to the next generation so that they can make this world that we live in, that we're, that, that, that we're blessed to live in, to make it a better place than one that we live in, a more righteous place, a more moral place than it is today. And so when we listen and we look at the dialogue between the, the uh, royal official turning to Jesus, having faith, Jesus kind of mocks, not necessarily him, but the people around him. When he says, you people, unless you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. But this man there is there specifically because he believes that Jesus is going to do 
what he says he's going to do. It took faith. Scripture says that when Jesus told him, you may go, your son will live. The man believed first. That's what it says. That's what scripture says. The man believed what Jesus said to him and left. If he didn't believe what Jesus said to him, he would have stayed there pleading his case. He would have made excuses. He would have come up with reasons why Jesus himself needed to actually walk. Because that's what he was trying to do. He was trying to get Jesus to come down to the house and lay hands on his son. But Jesus said, you may go, your son will live. He had to believe that what Jesus said to him would happen without Jesus being there. He put his trust, trust and his faith. He put the life of his son in the hands of Jesus in that moment, in that act, that where he listened to Jesus's words, he believed in what Jesus told him, and he left. And on his way back, scripture says that his his servant came to him, his slave came to him and said, your son will live. And then he inquired, when did, when did this take place? And the servant said about one in the afternoon. And he recognized that a one in the afternoon yesterday, the day before, he had talked to Jesus and Jesus said, your son may live. And he had that faith. And because he had that faith, his son, his son lived. Friends, if we have the faith of this royal official, if we turn our attention and our face to God, if we have faith in Jesus's word and that he will heal us, he will heal our family, that he will heal our communities, our generation, and on our nation, he will do it. But we must first recognize his authority as this man did. Adhere to that authority, pay homage to Jesus, and then have faith in him to listen to what he says. And follow his direction. When Jesus said, leave, you may go. He went up and he went. When Jesus calls us to do certain things, when scripture calls us to live better lives, when scripture says that, and Jesus says that we should love one another as we love ourselves, when he says that we should not commit adultery, when he says that we should live in a righteous manner, when he says that we should not encourage other people to sin, when he, when he says that we need to accept him as one of these little ones, one of these children, because they will inherit uh, the, the kingdom of heaven will be filled with such as these that we need to actually listen to the words that he is saying, and we need to actually follow the commands that he gives us. Friends, if you like this message, if you like what we're trying to do, we don't ask for donations. There's not a place on our website or any of the social media platforms where you can donate money. Just not going to happen. We don't ask for donations. We ask for your participation. Like and share this video, this podcast. Subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening to it. Subscribe to this Rumble channel, to this YouTube channel. Follow us on all the social media uh, platforms. If you do that, you're a member of the community. You can also go to Christian American Tees, Christian American Tees, all one word, um, .com and pick yourself up some Christian American apparel so that you can show the world that you put Christ first in your life, that you love this country and you will stop at nothing. You will not be quiet. You will not uh, be in the shadows with your faith, but you're going to live your faith strong and proud and unapologetically, that you're going to give uh, reverence to God at all times, regardless of what the world says, that you're going to have faith in Jesus, and you're going to follow his commands. And when you fail, because you will fail, we're going to we're going to repent and we're going to get up and we're going to continue to fight the good fight. We're going to continue to run the good race. Friends, that's all I got for you today. Uh, we will come to you on Friday as we get ready for the weekend. But until then, you guys stay on fire for Christ. Stay blessed. Good morning, Christian America.